Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Top Tier Sports. I'm your host, Lucas Kaser, and I'm bringing you the start of our fantasy football content, um, the grind of the offseason, man. We're going to bring you our ranking, sleepers, bust, everything. We're going to have videos on everything. Um, it's actually take two. I got some technical difficulties on the audio and recording and such, so I'm still going to bring you the big facts, um, the best analysis, uh, that a college kid can give you. So we are going to get started, but first, let's cue the music. I've been working so hard, trying to get them dollar billies, trying to get them cars, and I don't know what I'm doing, but this life is moving, and I'm really grooving. I've been on my grind, music so soothing, it eases my mind, yeah. I don't know where I'm going, but it's alright because I'm coasting. Alrighty, so today we have my way too early top 10 running backs for full point PPR for next fantasy season. Um, I will have the write up. I've written up everything and I'll have the write ups on my website that I just got set up. I'll have the link below in the description. Uh, it's a word document. Still working on that too. So it's a download if you want to read those. Um, but yeah, so number one, I guess we'll start, actually before I start, um, I have three, as you can see, I have three like, stats they're listed for you those three i think are the most important to me when i'm looking at like when i'm drafting a running back versus like adp and such um so opportunity share is the percentage of like like rushes and targets get like for the whole team uh just for the running back position and uh the rank compared to all the other ones uh o-line end of season rank uh so basically just taking the rank of the season the line throughout the whole season versus like the beginning of the year because obviously stuff changes and game script which means like the average points that they could be down at a given time in the game or just kind of like the average points they were always down so <coughs> sorry about that as you can see number one we'll start it off i have saquon barkley um the rookie sensation for fantasy for the giants for really all of it last year uh rookie of the year but i mean okay so basically people are going to compare I think, personally, number one, Gurley and Saquon. But I don't even have Gurley's number two. You'll see who I have. But the reason I put Saquon up there is, obviously, opportunity show sixth. Average game script, actually, I typed it twice, but it was 16th. So right in the middle of the pack. Um, here's my thinking. I think the Giants are not going to draft a QB. I think they will ride Eli or maybe get, like, Foles or Keenum or someone. They will better the O-line. They will help out the defense. And that is only going to help Saquon. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to run the ball. He's going to put up fantasy points. But I think if the O-line could be better, as you can see, he was 21st. If they could add, like, maybe one more piece or two more pieces in the free agency or the draft. And then just help the defense, honestly, just to keep to keep that. To, to basically, they knew their defense was they were just getting torched so much that the Giants had to play from a behind from come from behind standpoint. And they couldn't just feed Saquon like they wanted to sometimes I feel like they were just having to throw on the ball and just kind of rush it I guess you could say um but I think if the Giants really wait till next year to get a quarterback I mean they waited last year they got Saquon which obviously that was the right move and if they wait till if they can wait one more year maybe get an O lineman and they have they have plenty of OBJ Shepard Ingram they have the options on offense they can ride out maybe another average year 
I think Saquon will be the number one running back. I think he can only go up, really. I mean, his team is bad. It's kind of the case for a couple guys I have in here. Um, I think they can really only – their value can only go up. Um, and obviously, I have Saquon as one. I will be taking Saquon if I have the first pick in any of my drafts, and I'm hoping – I'm hoping people don't take him at one, but I'm assuming they will. Um, so, yeah, my number one, Saquon Barkley. My number two, um, kind of, I guess, a personal type thing. I have Zeke. Um, opportunity share, 90.1, which is actually the number one versus all the running backs in the league. O-line was average, which is probably the worst O-line's been in a couple of years for the Cowboys, but it's still, I mean, 14, still good. And the positive game script, which is good, because the Cowboys never really were out of any games. But with Zeke, um, I will say I was in three best ball leagues last year, and I took Zeke with my I had the first first pick, first pick, third pick, and I got Zeke in all of them. The reason for that was um, compared to Zeke, really can't have those like forty point games like Saquon and Gurley can. But what Zeke does week in and week out is he brings you that 22, 23, 22, 23. He brings you that. Like, really, really consistent numbers. Um, I mean, because the Cowboys are going to feed him. They're not going to change that. They got Cooper, which I think helped maybe pull a guy or two out of the box. And if they can add, like, another weapon, maybe even a tight end just to draw a linebacker, I really think that Dak had a good year. I think he's going to improve Cal Moore, the OC. <coughs> the Cowboys are starting to become back to relevant. I think that they're just going to keep feeding Zeke, and it's going to be just another fantastic year for Zeke. Um Number two, you might think maybe kind of high, but I like him here. Um, as you can see, obviously, my number three, I like him over Gurley. And with Gurley, the reason I have him at three is I'm waiting to see what they do with C.J. Anderson and or another running back they might sign. Um, as obviously, number two in opportunity share, which I forgot to put in there. O-line good, game script good. Rams are a good team. They're going to continue to be a good team. There's no doubt that they're going to put up like, there's no doubt that Gurley's going to have the opportunity to put up the numbers. But I think, obviously, you saw in the, the playoffs and when he got hurt, CJ put up the same numbers like Gurley did. And so I'm not really saying it's a system, but I'm saying that with McVay as the coach, any running back's going to thrive. And I think if they keep CJ, it's not necessarily going to limit Gurley to where he's not going to be a top five running back, but I think it's going to limit him to where his ADP will fall which could be a good thing for lower picks. Um, like if you're sitting in like the seven, eight spot, like if they sign Gurley back, like he might stay fall, start falling behind like DeAndre Hopkins and Julio. And you might get a value pick. I mean, honestly, because no one really knows what they're going to do because there was that question the whole time. And like they just kind of avoided like the, what are they doing with Gurley CJ? Like they didn't really like make it obvious, I guess, like what their plan was or like his injury problem or no one really knew, I guess. So, I'm just I'm kind of staying away for that from that for now, just because I think like with you say Quan and Zeke like you don't have to worry about that ever and say and you might lose like two points a week if Gurley's the fullback with Zeke or with Saquon but there's not that doubt I guess that's probably the way I'd explain it so that's why I have Gurley at number three and my number four uh, probably my f- favorite running back last year I only like two weeks Christian McCaffrey. Um, opportunity share is really, really good fourth, but his O-line is average, game script average. With McCaffrey, I think, obviously you can't go wrong. There's no downside to his game. He does it all. He 107 catches, um, which is crazy. Like 107 catches as a 
on the average team, I guess you could say. Like, so if, the way I think about it is Cam Newton can hopefully get healthy this offseason, heal up that shoulder, which was you could tell was just hurting him last year. They can maybe add a receiver or something in free agency or the draft. And I can only see, like, at minimum, McCaffrey maybe gets, like, 15 less fantasy points. He maybe just gets, like, two or three catches less. But I can see him, if Cam Newton's not, like, 100%, getting even more catches just because he's going to throw those short checkdowns. And, I mean, 107, I could see him in the possibility of, like, 115 next year, which is, I mean, it's a full eight more points plus the yards he gets plus the touchdowns. Like, honestly, like, Depending on the Rams situation, I might have McCaffrey higher than Gurley, which will be – it's hard to think that I can have Gurley all the way down at my fourth running back. But, I mean, there really isn't much to say about McCaffrey. You know what you're getting with him. Um, he's dual threat, probably one of the biggest dual threats along with Saquon in the league um, and the running and pass catching ability. Um, that team just needs to figure some stuff out internally, I think, with Cam Newton and maybe what their goal is on um, – kind of the receiver standpoint along with DJ Moore because Funchess was kind of a letdown. And, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say with him, so I'm just going to move on. Um, my number five, Melvin Gordon. I guess you probably saw my six out of Kamara. But my Melvin Gordon and Kamara, the reason I put Melvin Gordon at five was when I'm making these rankings, I'm not – sorry about that. I'm making, when I'm making these rankings, I'm not – I'm making them all with projections that they play a full season. <coughs> sorry. Obviously, Melvin Gordon's out like four games last year. Still finished top 10. Still a really good running back for fantasy. Game script was good. Opportunity share was good. O-line rank was awful, but that really never – the Chargers really didn't have like a stud O-line, so that really doesn't affect them. But when making these rankings, I don't take it like – I don't take in consideration that Gordon's going to miss time, which who knows? He might. He's always been injury prone. Um, but say he plays a full season – He's going to, like, I mean, he relies on touchdowns a lot. I guess that's the one thing that sets him apart. I feel like he's really touchdown dependent just because his rushing yards are good, but they're not, like, top-tier running back, like, top-level running back in the uh, NFL. But if he plays a full season and gets about two touchdowns a week, he's, I think he guarantees a touchdown a week. But um, in the writing, in my uh, articles or whatever, my website, I put, I talked about Ty, the effect of Tyrell Williams not signing back with the Chargers. Um Tyrell Williams has that big playability. Obviously, obviously you could see that. And he had five or six touchdowns, I think five last year. Um, but without that big playability, it frees up a lot of opportunity for more plays to be ran just because they're not going to be throwing the ball in like a, a streak route to Tyrell Williams to where they could be throwing more. To, they could be feeding the ball more to Gordon. Uh, the five touchdowns, obviously, say Gordon snags two or three of those. Like, that's still more fantasy points. Obviously, like, I mean, two is 12 fantasy points. That's almost one more fantasy point a week than what he had last year. And maybe he snags a couple 30, 40 yards, like, out of those touchdowns. Like, that's more points than – like, you wouldn't think Tyrell Williams would have that effect, but I think you will see that this year because Mike Williams obviously had 10 touchdowns. I don't see him getting more than 10, but he will get more opportunity. So I think he'll just be getting more yards. But I think the 10 solid for Mike Williams – Keenan Allen kind of fluctuates, but like there's t- those are those five touchdowns are to be had, and obviously there's yards that comes with that. There's just more opportunity for Gordon, and obviously like I said, I make these rankings with um like he's gonna play a full 16 games, so that's why I have him at number five. Then obviously number six, like I said, I have Kamara. Um, the reason I have Kamara at six is 
well, obviously there's been kind of like, I feel like it was kind of like a hype build up that without Ingram there next year, which probably won't happen, Kamara's going to be the guy. And I don't really want to say that he's not going to be, but I can't wrap my head around him being the workhorse back just because he never has been for one. There's always been like they signed Dwayne Washington or um, Geasley the first like six games, whatever Ingram was suspended. But they have Taysom Hill now, obviously still have Drew Brees, still have a ton of receivers they like to use. And I don't think Sean Payton's just going to just like, okay, you're going to get the ball. You're a workhorse back now. Um, Obviously, Kamara's still a stud. He catches the ball like seven, eight times a game. Um, he scores a lot of touchdowns. Like he's he's still a reliable running back one. But the reason I have those other five ahead of him is just because that with those five, um, Gordon, Christian McCaffrey, Gurley, Zeke, and Saquon, you know they're getting the majority of the carries. Like obviously, you can see the opportunity share was 16th. Sorry, 16th among running backs. Um, like, and it was probably, I didn't look at the year before that, but it was probably pretty, pretty close to that. Just because, like, like I said, like, I've never seen him in a workhorse role. Um, he wasn't in college. He never really has been. So I think, like, you can obviously draft him round one. He's a round one candidate. He will be for the rest of his fantasy, like, career. I just think that I would rather have those five ahead of him because who knows what the Saints offense is going to do um, from here on out. They might just sign. They might just draft like a running back. Like I like to think they're going to draft like David Montgomery or someone just to compliment Kamara. Um, but I guess we really don't know. We'll just have to see. But I don't see his – I don't see him cracking my top five um, in this rankings, no matter what happens, I guess. My number seven, uh, Joe Mixon, another kind of breakout candidate last year. Um, I had him on a couple teams. Really – he was really – I guess the Bengals are awful. Like you can see his game script was the 30th best, like negative 4.8. Like they were almost down by a full, like one score. Like they were down by basically more than a field goal. Their whole, like every single game started off hot. AJ Green got hurt. Andy Dalton got hurt. Eifert got hurt. Kind of leaving like Joe Mixon and Boyd as the two roles or like the two offensive minded targets on that team. Um, so they really – he was always getting like 16, 17 a week just because they were just throwing little check downs. Like he was getting like five or six catches. But there really was no motivation for the Bengals, I felt like, to try and succeed more or to try and like compete, I guess you could say. They kind of just fell off. Um, but I think with Zach Taylor, the new head coach, an offensive-minded coach, with Dalton coming back, Adrian coming back, I think they're going to draft a tight end in, in the draft – maybe add another receiver to grow with Boyd and Green. I think Mixon can step into that solid RB. I mean, he was kind of an RB1 last year, but like a really, really solid RB1 role like behind Kamara, uh, which would be like, I mean, he won't be putting up like, I don't think he puts up like the 20 plus a week, but I can see him like putting up like a 17 or 18 in PPR a week um, just because I think if there's more, if like if AJ Green, Dalton, like viable players to extend drives, and just getting those more carries for Mixon, like he's a great runner. He can create opportunities for himself. But I think with the more opportunities, he's just going to thrive. So that's why I have him at uh, number seven. Uh, number eight, as you can see, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Le'Veon Bell. Um, so his 2017 opportunity share I have, because I mean, obviously he didn't play last year, 89.3%, which is number one. 
in the league uh, at the time. With he had crazy numbers, like twenty, it was like almost twenty-two carries a game, almost six catches a game. There's been kind of like I've been seeing in ranks and mock drafts that he's been kind of falling. And obviously, I don't think that's going to stick. I think, I guess I was trying to picture like what teams he's going to sign with. And worst case scenario, I think he signs like in terms of like quality of team, I think he signs with the Jets. Best case, I think he signs with the Colts, maybe the Niners, good offenses. But no matter what team he goes to, like a team's going to be paying him that much money, they're going to be feeding him the ball. And he's going to have, he has the tools. Obviously, we've seen to put up fantasy points, to put in, score the ball, to do everything that you need a top 10 running back to do, an RB1 in fantasy to do. And honestly, like, I think for later round guys, like if you're already, like, if you're already in your draft order or whatever, or like you're like sitting at like pick 10, like it could be a good thing that he's falling because you could snag Le'Veon Bell who has shown to be the running back one in fantasy at 10 along parallel with the elite receiver. Um, I don't want to. I don't want him to get. I guess forgotten about. I guess the way you could say it. I just don't want him to slide down just because everyone's like, oh yeah, who knows what team he goes to? Who knows what's going to happen? Like you've seen what Le'Veon Bell can do. Like I feel like you kind of know what's going to happen, no matter what team he signs on. Like the teams are going to. They're paying him. They're going to feed him. I guess that's my like my mentality around it. So I have him at my number eight. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to put him at eight. But I feel like that's the right fit because I don't think he falls. He obviously I don't think he finishes less than ten, like running back ten. So I think eight's roughly a good spot just because I guess the two guys I have below him, you'll see they're kind of all in the same tier as of right now uh, before the offseason like officially kicks off. So at number nine, I have David Johnson. I probably will get some hate for this but I think this is a reasonable spot for him. So obviously you can see his numbers. Opportunity share was good, but his O-line end of season rank was 32. is brutal. Um, his game script, brutal. Last in the league. Both last in the league. And he still finishes the he still finished as the running back 10 in full-point PPR last year. And the reason I think he is falling is because he was getting drafted as a top three pick, top four, let's say top four to be safe, in last year's draft. So everyone was expecting him to be putting up like huge, like same numbers as like Zeke and Gurley and Saquon, like <clears throat> like he has in the past. So owners were kind of obviously disappointed. I mean, why wouldn't you be that he finished at ten? But I mean, he still finished at running back one with those numbers on his team. Like the Cardinals were like laughable last year, um, but with Kingsbury at the in the coaching role, Christian Kirk coming in a sophomore year, he had a great year last year. Larry Fitz coming back. I think Kingsbury can develop Rosen. I mean, even if they have Rosen, there's been rumors that Kyler Murray or Case Keenum might go there. Um, but I think you can't, you can't – I mean, obviously the Cardinals can't get any worse. They're the, wor- they're the worst team in the league, and David Johnson finished at 10. Say they are 6-10 and 10 this year. He'll finish as the running back 7 or 8. Like literally like three or four more touchdowns probably puts him in – seven or eight, like, running back uh, status. Because he just wasn't scoring. He was getting the opportunities. He just wasn't scoring because the Cardinals didn't, like, look at their game script. It was over a touchdown. Like, they literally every point in the game, on average, they were down more than a touchdown. Like, that's crazy. They were just having to throw the ball, which made Rosen have awful numbers. So, I think, I think as of right now, his ADP is, like, roughly end of round two. 
in probably 10 team leagues. That's probably my guess. Um, so, I mean, if you draft at one and you take Saquon and you're able to snag David, David Johnson in round two, like that's perfect. Like David Johnson will finish top 10. I can, that's probably like, I will set that in stone. He will finish top 10. And if you compare him with like Zeke or Saquon or like Gurley, like that's like 40 points a week, just right there in those two running backs. Like, I mean, like, I don't want owners to, like, fall. I kind of like with Bell. I don't want him to fall on the charts just because he had a poor year last year, like how Bell didn't play, because we know what these two can do. And, I mean, finish at 10. Like, the biggest thing is finish at 10, worst team in the league. I guess that's really, like, he can, he can only go up. I'm just going to leave it off at that. He can only go up. So, David Johnson, number nine. And at my number 10, I have Nick Chubb. Um, had him and James Conner kind of, I guess you could say, battled it out. I think I had, yeah, those two, I guess, were like my, who I decided on for this 10 spot. Um, okay, so the reason I decided him over Conner was the Browns, I think, will be better than the Steelers next year, which is crazy to think. And, but here's why. Like, here's why I limited him at 10, because I've seen him be top seven in a lot of rankings. He's going super high in drafts, but with the recent signing of Kareem Hunt, I've started to see him fall. Reason I have him at 10 with the Kareem Hunt signing. Freddie Kitchens is the new coach. Just wants to win games. He doesn't care about who is getting the ball, who the workhorse is. He wants to win games. He needs to score points. Kareem Hunt will probably be suspended, I'd say, six games. That's probably my guess. During those six games, yeah, Chubb's going to be the only back because Duke Johnson will just ca- maybe catch the ball here and there. Nick Chubb will put up production in those six games. But when Hunt comes back, I think Kitchen splits the carries because he does, he just wants to win. Like I said, like he's going to do whatever it takes just to win the game. And if that's running a three-headed running back system, he's going to do it. <coughs> Chubb's still going to put up production. He's still going to create opportunities. He's a great just – open field runner, just creating opportunities, making plays. He's still going to do all that, and he'll do that when Hunt's gone. He'll do it even more when Hunt's gone to a point where he'll, I think he can crack the top 10. But I think more, I'm more on the cautious side of drafting Chubb early just because he could fall into that trap of splitting carries, which, I mean, and I, when you split carries, it's hard to become a top 10 running back. Obviously, I mean, that makes sense. Like, you're getting less carries, you're getting less opportunity. So I think with Hunt, like, they're both equally talented. It'll be hard for him to produce at the level he did in the 10 games he started last year. Um, and obviously, like, his opportunity share in game, game script, you can the opportunity share was, I mean, it was obviously 29th because he didn't he only started 10 games or, like, started in 10 games. O-line's good. Game script, they started off the year bad, obviously. Flipped the switch with Kitchens and Baker. And I think the offense is going to be awesome next year. Like, I want every piece of Baker that I can get, honestly, because his ADP is great right now. But I'm just cautious on drafting Chubb because I don't think we're going to know what they're going to do with Hunt until he's unsuspended. And, like, that could be six games. That could be ten games. That could be four games. Like, or he might not even get suspended. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. So when deciding between, I think, like, him and James Conner, like David Johnson are all in kind of the same tier. I would lean more towards like David Johnson, obviously, 
but I still probably lean towards Chubb over Connor, but he's got to be cautious and have a backup plan if he um, does uh, work in a timeshare. Um, so those are my top 10. Um, I guess I can explain kind of my goal with all this. So obviously it's my first fantasy football video. Um, I'm posting on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, trying to get on Spotify more consistently the whole process, but with the other ones were kind of rough. But I want to create these videos, like my rankings, sleepers, busts, like mock drafts. Um, like when, my, when me and my friends do my draft, well, like a vlog for it, I guess you could say. Like I want to, I just want to kind of build a name in the fantasy football industry. And like I've been, I'm starting to work on a draft kit that I want to put together, probably an online draft kit where I don't know if I'm going to charge because it's still starting. I just want to get my name out there where you can download it. And it'll have, like, articles of other people I follow, other people's cheat sheets compared to mine, like, sleepers, busts, like, breakouts, all this stuff that's in a draft kit. But I think if we start with these videos, and we'll just keep posting um, probably, like, two podcasts, videos, maybe a little more video, and then me and Kyle are still going to do, like, one, like, overall, like, sports recap of the week podcast Um I just think that getting these videos out there will be good. I'll try and get a draft kit. My goal is after the draft. Um, I'm going to get like a Patreon page set up. I got a website set up where I'll have the links all below to where you can like look at my write-ups for these or like like if I have like stat sheets I've made, et cetera. Um, so uh, the next video will be and podcast will be my top 10 early receiver rankings. And then I'm probably going to go into quarterbacks and tight ends. And I'll probably transition more to like sleepers, um, like draft prospects, fantasy value. Uh, when the off season rolls around and free agency, I'll probably have like, like wherever Le'Veon Bell signs, like maybe I'll have like a video on like his fantasy relevance and maybe where he jumps up or jumps down in my rankings. Um, and I'll always be updating my rankings. Just try, I'm just trying to get my foot in the ground and get everything started right now. So um, thank you for listening, and I will see you with my wide receiver rankings next time. Peace.